Hello everybody, you're very welcome to the Open Training College podcast series. Today I am going to be talking to you about general feedback for students. So a number of tutors have contributed general feedback in relation to areas that students may be struggling with or have difficulty with. So I'm just going to talk you through some of those key areas today. So in no particular order, the first thing on my list is the structure of the answer. So you have your assignment template that you will have received from e-learning and you use that template for every assignment that you need to do and you complete it in Drive and you will have in that the, the cover, the contents, the declaration and then into your introduction, the main body which you don't use the title main body, but I'm just using it to describe the main part of your assignment, then your conclusion, then you have, you may have a reflective piece and then your reference page. Okay, so it generally will always follow. That's the layout of the assignment. In the actual assignment itself, then in the main body when you're talking about it, so you have covered your introduction and then in the main body that you follow a logical process in the main body. There's a logical sequence to your discussion so at the risk of being very obvious you start at the start and you move in a logical way through the assignment that you're not jumping from one point to another and then back to the first point again so discuss a topic and then move on to the next one so that's just very general so obviously when you're doing an assignment keep in touch with your tutor and seek guidance on the approach that you're taking just to make sure that you are on the right track Referencing still continues to be a difficulty for many students and if you're someone who struggles with referencing, take heart that you're not alone. A lot of people do struggle with it. So really the in-text referencing is one of the things that was highlighted. And when we were doing an, an online tutorial recently, one of the students asked about how to link the references. So we'll look at the two of those in the one thing. So when you are including a reference in your assignment, the trick is to weave it in to the discussion so it's not you're not just dropping a quote directly into your assignment piece you're weaving something in so for example if you were talking about inclusion that you could bring in John O'Brien or you could bring in Judith Snow into that discussion and you could say something like according to O'Brien or according to Snow or we see from Snow's writings so some way like that that you're linking the quote to your writing and you're weaving it in you're not just dropping it in um it's a thing called the purple patch where you just drop in a quote because it just stands out we all have our own way of writing the same as we have our own way of speaking and when you just use other people's work without weaving it in it stands out and it's really just not a good idea to do that so as far as possible paraphrase put it into your own words the quote and then reference the original author. So if you were saying something that Judith Snow talks about inclusion and it matters if we're not there, that's one of her most famous quotes. If you were using something like that, saying that, you know, it, it really matters if a person is is not there or if a person is missed, then you have to reference Judith Snow because even though you're putting it into your own words, it's still Judith Snow's original thought. So you always have to go back and credit the original author and then using those linking words so according to or we see from some way like that that you link your discussion to the words of another and you weave it in in such a way that it just becomes part of your discussion okay and that's a skill that you will develop 
across the year. And the more you read journal articles and books, the more you will learn that, the more you, the better you will become at that. OK, so it is a skill and you do need to give yourself time to learn it. The use of websites. So, for example, Wikipedia is noted here. Wikipedia is never a website that you should use as a reference point in any academic piece. Wikipedia is an open source. So that means that any one of us can go on and edit Wikipedia. So it's that's why it's not recommended to use in an academic piece. It's good as a launchpad if you wanted to find out some general information, but you really should go and get a second opinion and never use Wikipedia as a source. Um, another one that got mentioned recently by tutors was Pinterest. So you might be able to use it for, you know, giving yourself ideas for things to do or projects to do. But you should never use Pinterest as a reference point in an assignment. It's not an academic piece. And again, Pinterest is open source. Any one of us can take pictures of stuff or write something up and put it up onto Pinterest. So avoid those um, open sources. A student had a query on how to reference a PDF. So the PDF is just it's an article or it's a document on uh, providing information. So what you need to do is find out who is the author or the owner of that PDF. So there usually will be a name on it. If not, what site did you get it from? So, for example, if it was a PDF that you sourced on Bernardo's and there's you can't see uh, a name, there's no name on the PDF to give you an author, then you would use Bernardo's as the author. If there is a name on it, then you use that name. We have formatting listed here. So the use of different text sizes and styles in the one document. So just really avoid doing that. Your text should be in either Times New Roman or Arial. And headings can be 14 font size. And main body work is 12 font size. And double spaced typing. And that's really it. Don't use fancy text calligraphy style texts or excessive bold or anything like that. There's no need for them. It actually makes your work quite difficult to read if you use such fancy text. So avoid those. The word count is listed as an issue for a lot of students and a lot of penalties have been given in relation to word count. So just to remind you, word count is set and you have a 10% buffer. So you can go 10% over or 10% below. That doesn't mean that that 10% is part of the word count that you can use up. It's a buffer. So for argument's sake, if you have an assignment that is 2000 word count, that means you need to be within 1800 and 2200. That doesn't mean that you go and aim for 2200. Because if you go to 2201, you will get a penalty because it's not that you're one word over the word count. You're actually 201 over the word count. And the same applies to going under. Now, the added disadvantage of going under the word count is that you may not have provided enough information in your assignment to get a good mark. So you really do need to be careful of that. So you aim for the word count, whatever it is, and be comfortable knowing that if you go a few words over or a few words under and you're within that 10%, then you won't get a penalty. But if you go over that, you will get a penalty. So just please be very, very careful around that. The headings are lack thereof. So some assignments lend themselves to the use of headings. Some don't. So read your brief very, very carefully. If it's an essay, the general rule of thumb is that you don't use headings. 
but some people like to use headings when they're writing up their essay and that's fine if that's what you need to do to help you structure your piece that's absolutely fine go ahead and use the headings just take them out before you submit if it's more assignment based and there's a number of different parts to it then generally speaking that does lend itself to the use of headings but as always just check in with your tutor to see is it okay to use headings for this particular piece that you're working on so always check in with your tutor ensuring to address all parts of the question so that's very important so as you're reading through your assignment brief you will find that there is always going to be or usually there will be different parts to the question so i'm just going to look here at one part of an assignment for year one students responding to behaviors that challenge is the assignment and part a says discuss how the current approaches towards people labeled as challenging have developed and how this contrasts with the approaches from 20 years ago in your response consider the legal aspects the ethics of approaches used by agencies and how these address the well-being of the individual so Someone could take that and just talk about challenging behaviour and how it has developed. And if they've done that, they're missing a number of key parts because what you are asked to do, there's a number of things that you have to remember in your assignment. And it doesn't mean that you write about one piece under that heading and then move on to the next piece. You're actually weaving this all this into the one discussion. So discuss how the current approach towards people labelled as challenging has developed. So you're, you're looking at the development of approaches to people who with behaviors that challenge you're looking at how it the current approach contrasts to the approach 20 years ago so you're bringing in an element of compare and contrast you also need to consider the legal aspects so there's another one so we now have three different aspects you have the ethics of approaches used by agencies which we've now four aspects and then the fifth one is how these address the well-being of the individual so you're looking at how it's developed how it contrasts to the past, the legal and ethical aspects and how they address the well-being of the individual. So you're that piece needs to address all those areas. So what happens with some students is they miss out on one or more of those areas. And if you miss out on one or more areas, then you will not get as good a mark as you would hope to have got. So just be very careful when you're going through it, underline the key things. And again, if you're a little bit unsure, there's absolutely no harm in emailing your tutor and saying, look, am I right? Are these the key areas that I need to look at for this particular piece of the assignment? That's what your tutor is there for, folks. So absolutely send that email and find out if you are on the right track. Uh, again, ensuring guidelines are adhered to and be what is asked. So again, that's on a very similar line. If you're asked to discuss the approaches then you discuss the approaches so whatever it is that you're being asked that you do that and you do all pieces of it as well so again just going back to that behaviors the challenge assignment there's three different parts to it so you have that first one that we just talked about then you're looking at a case study and then you have part c which is uh, a reflective piece so for example in part b if you just if you didn't pick one of the case studies from unit one or six and you decided to make up your own or you decided to just talk about it in general, then you're not adhering to the guidelines. So just make sure that you do whatever is set out in the assessment brief. And again, if in any doubt, that's what your tutor is there for. I'll say that an awful lot. In fact, I do say it an awful lot. Check in with your tutor. Send that email. Find out if you're on the right track. That's what the tutor is there for, to support you as best they can in this process. They can't give you the support, they can't give you the answers, they can't give you the information if you don't ask them. Okay, so you really do need to keep in touch with your tutor. The introduction and the conclusion are listed as being two areas that 
students may have difficulty with. So we look at both of those. So in an introduction, no matter what assignment you're doing, your introduction piece always follows the same format. So there's four key things that you need to consider in an introduction. So you need to explain or define the topic. So for example, again, we'll go back to challenge and behavior. You need to explain or define what challenge and behavior is. And Emerson gives a really good definition that you can use. And obviously you're going to put in a reference for that. You explain the topic. Then you look at what is your experience and what is your service experience. Now for some people that will be the one. So your own experience will be purely in your work. You won't have experience outside of it. So it, it depends on the topic that's being discussed. Um, so have you experienced challenging behaviour in your work? Have you experienced it in your personal life? What is your experience what is your exposure to challenging behaviour from a personal point of view and from a work point of view? And if if it's the same, if you're if you don't have any exposure to challenging behaviour in your personal life, but in your you do in your professional life, then that's absolutely fine. So all you're doing is giving the reader a sense of what your exposure has been to challenging behaviour to this point in time. And then the last thing you do in an introduction is you give a roadmap. So you just give a very brief overview of what this assignment is going to do. So for example, challenge and the responding to behaviours, the challenge assignment rather, you're three parts to it, to the main body of the assignment. So you're looking at the development and you're comparing and contrasting previous approaches to current approaches. You're doing the case studies and you are also doing a reflective piece. Now, you're not just going to write down those very simple sentences. You're going to tease that out a little bit more, but not too much more. So you need to keep your introduction to about a page, roughly. It can go maybe a little bit over it, but in and around 250 words is more than enough for the introduction. Your conclusion then follows two key points so there's two things that you always include in the conclusion and that is you give a summary remarks on the topic and then you give an overview of the key points of the assignment one of the most important things to remember with a conclusion is that you do not ever put new information into the conclusion okay so whatever points you're making or whatever summary you're given or whatever summative comments you're making about the topic has to be something that you have already addressed in the main body of your assignment so you're not bringing in any new information it's also really important in your assignment that you anonymize the organization so what we mean by that is you do not use the name of the organization at any part of your assignment okay so you've already signed the declaration of anonymity and in that you're stating that you haven't used any identifying details of either staff service users or the organization so don't do that in your main body. Do not use the person's name if you're talking about a service user. Do not use the organization name. Okay, so what you can do instead is just, you can just simply say the organization that I work for, or you can give it a pseudonym if you prefer. And the same for individuals. You can either use job title if they have a service user or give a pseudonym do not use any identifying details of anybody. If you send in an assignment and it does have identifying details, your assignment will be returned. So assessments won't accept it or the tutor cannot accept it for marking. It will be returned to you and you potentially will be hit with a late submission penalty then. So the onus is on the student to ensure that they have not named the organization and they have not named the service user or any other people okay referencing we've looked at so again using uh, just to go back to it because this is raised by another tutor here it says you use a variety of reference sources 
so don't just rely on websites don't just rely on journal articles or don't just rely on books use a combination of them and make sure that what you're using is a quality uh, reputable site or it's a reputable author or it's a reputable source so for example and no disrespect to it but the sun newspaper would not be a reputable source some websites are not really reputable as well so you know anything that comes from citizens information bernardo's the nda coru any of the government agencies government funded agencies are generally speaking they are reputable sites you can rely on the information that is there journal articles are good because they have been peer-reviewed by people with relevant qualifications and there will be a number of, of reviewers. That's what we're looking for. You need to make sure that your references come from a reputable source. Referring to the theory to back up key points in the discussion and the evaluation. So if you make a statement and you say that a particular approach is good, then have something to back that up. If you say a particular approach is not good, also have something to back that up. So you don't have to agree with everything that you read and it's fine to disagree with it, but have something to back up your own stance, okay? So it's, you're not just criticizing or you're not being overly critical or you're not just saying something is good or something is bad or something has changed. You have something to support that. So always have a theoretical piece to back that up. Now that can be something from a journal article, a book or a website. Again, a reputable source. Just make sure of that. Presentation and structure. So we've touched a little bit on the, we'll say the font size, but also coming under presentation and structure is your headers and footers proofreading to make sure that you have used the correct spellings, that you have used enough paragraphs, the work looks presentable, that your sentences make sense, you haven't used casual language or contractions, so it's academically written. So all of those things count. So you put a lot of time and effort into your assignment. So just make sure that the finished product that you submit to, to college for marking is the polished piece right so that you've dotted your i's crossed your t's you have in paragraphs in you've used enough paragraphs you have used the correct font the correct style you've double spaced so that it all makes sense so making sure that you complete all aspects of the brief as well so for this particular assignment and responding to behaviors that challenge you have three sections in the main body and then you have your online piece as well. So just make sure that you get all of those pieces. And for every assignment, you will have different aspects to it. So there will always be a main assignment piece and there's usually an online piece. And sometimes there's also a reflective piece. So just make sure that you get all of those pieces in. If your assignment is assessed by ex half exam, half assignment, don't forget one. If there's an assignment, an exam and an online piece, again, don't leave out one piece. So just make sure that you have addressed all areas. So at the end of every assessment brief, the college will provide a checklist. And that's a really useful piece for you to just print it off or even just do it electronically, whichever you prefer. But just go through it and make sure that you have done everything that you need to do for the particular assignments that you're working on. Including lists or bullet points is something that we really advise people against unless it's specifically asked for and in most cases it's not specifically asked for so avoiding lists or bullet points in your main body of your assignment 
use a discussion style instead of that. So one final point in relation to common areas that students may have difficulty with or struggle with is the use of tutorials. Tutors constantly come back and say that people are not getting in touch and then when they submit their assignment they can see maybe errors or mistakes that are made that could have been avoided if the person had used the tutorial process. So we appreciate that telephone tutorials are not always an option for people because of the shifts that you work. So if you find that that is the case for you, then by all means, get in touch with your tutor and see if you can organize a t telephone tutorial at a time that suits both of you. OK, now most tutors are available to do that. So just check with your tutor. It's very, very important that you use the tutorial process in some shape or form. So if a telephone tutorial is not for you, for whatever reason, if you're just not comfortable doing it, and that's fine if you're not, but just make sure you keep in touch by email then, okay? Now, the advantage of the telephone tutorial, in addition to the email, is that having that conversation with somebody can be very beneficial because things can come up in the conversation that you may not have thought of. Uh, you may be asked a question by the tutor to clarify your thinking, and that might might trigger another thought process for you that doesn't necessarily happen in an email and I'm not saying that emails are not good emails are extremely valuable as well but sometimes just having that telephone conversation is a really good way to tease out your ideas around the particular assignments that you're working on but whether it's a telephone tutorial or whether it's email it is really really important that you keep in touch with your tutor. If there's something that you're struggling with, your tutor is the person to answer that query for you and to help you through that. That's what the tutors are there for. So please use that support. It is a really, really valuable support to have. Now, I know an awful lot of people use WhatsApp groups and they are really, really good for moral support and a, what we call a social support. Really, really valuable support for students. But please be cautious about using them as information sources for your assignment because sometimes a well-meaning individual can get the wrong meaning they can misinterpret a piece of information and pass on that to their fellow students meaning well but unfortunately it's wrong information and we've seen this happen an awful lot down through the years where a well-meaning student has misunderstood something and passed on information that was actually incorrect so in terms of your academic study your point of support is your tutor. In terms of social support, your WhatsApp groups or your, your private groups with your fellow students are invaluable as a social support, but please don't use them as an academic support. So that's it. I'd just like to finish by reiterating what Roisin said to the students last night on the, the Zoom tutorial, that you are doing a fantastic job managing your work, your study, your home, your family and all the craziness that's out there at the moment. And we would just like to acknowledge that and say well done to everybody for staying going as best you can in these most difficult of circumstances. We're going to keep going with the weekly Zoom tutorials online on a Thursday evening for the moment. There is no onus on anybody to attend. I will do a podcast the day after of the content of the Zoom tutorial. But they are, I feel, a very important support in, I suppose, lessening the sense of isolation that many of us can feel at this time and can also serve as a motivator as well to help us all keep going if we know that each week we can 
log in and see each other and have a chat and maybe discuss any particular fears or concerns or worries that we're having around our study or anything else so keep in touch with your tutor do try to log on each week for the zoom tutorials if you can only come in for a few minutes that's absolutely fine or if you have to leave early that's also absolutely fine or if you're even late in that's also absolutely fine we'd just love to see you pop in and say hello touch base with us see how you're getting on that's what they're there for so avail of the tutorial support email your tutor use the telephone tutorials if you can and drop on to the zoom sessions also if you can and just remember that you're not alone we are all in this together so until the next time take care and stay well folks mm-hmm.